Whole Hog Sports presents the basketball podcast of Mid-America, the premier Arkansas hoops podcast brought to you by Landers Toyota of Northwest Arkansas. Here's your host, Whole Hog Sports basketball analyst, Scotty Bordelon. Welcome into the basketball podcast of Mid-America. It is March 13th and Arkansas basketball is headed back to the NCAA tournament. We appreciate you listening in today. I'm Scotty Bordelon of Whole Hog Sports. And I'm happy, as always, to be joined by Andrew Joseph of Whole Hog Sports and Bob Holt of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I guess we can, you know, go right ahead and get down to it. Arkansas held a watch party on on Sunday at Walk-Ons in Fayetteville and learned that it was going to be, or it is, an eight seed in the West Region. They will play number nine seed Illinois in the first round of the tournament in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, I think this is going to be the first time that I will be in Iowa since I got lost driving home from the 2008, 2018 College World Series. I got turned around in Iowa, couldn't find my way out. Hopefully I will enjoy my experience there a little bit more this time. Um, looking forward to, to, to going uh, to the tournament again. Uh, Tip-off for the game is set for 3.30 p.m. on Thursday and the game is gonna be televised by TBS. Uh, on, on Saturday, I was doing a lot of looking around. I did some pre-writing just to make sure that we could have like an instant story when the announcement was made on CBS. And I was looking at some various bracketology sites and a team that I kept seeing and kept seeing and kept seeing matched with Arkansas was Illinois. And so I, I guess all that to say, I wasn't super surprised that the Razorbacks drew Illinois in their first game. Uh, I guess I'll pitch it to you guys. What What's the reaction? Uh, you guys' reaction on the matchup, were you surprised by it at all and, and what maybe intrigues you? I'm like, yeah, I really wasn't surprised because I don't know if it was – I think it was Joe Lenardi. He basically had him playing Illinois in an 8-9 game in Des Moines. So he he nailed yeah. it. I guess that's, there's a reason he, he gets all those accolades. And, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting matchup. You know, the Big Ten and the SEC both got eight teams in the the, the most – of any conference i think the acc got five in and so i think it speaks to the depth of the conferences and obviously you got purdue that's the number one seed at the top of the big 10 and and you've got alabama that's the number one overall seed at the top of the sec so you know they have some top teams in the country and then they have some teams like arkansas and illinois that you know were kind of up and down struggled i mean illinois um had had some some really good wins early i think they beat ucla and they were ranked pretty high, and we know Arkansas was ranked high, and then uh, they, they sort of struggled in you know in their conference play. I think Illinois was eleven and nine, so a little better than Arkansas. Arkansas went eight and ten, and then Illinois was one and done in their conference tournament and lost to Penn State three times. So I'm sure they're glad they're not playing Penn State. Obviously, they wouldn't have matched with the Big Ten team, but so I think it's two teams that have kind of had similar seasons. Start off with very high expectations. And uh, it's been kind of up and down. And probably if you ask their fan bases, they'd probably say it's been a disappointing season, not living up to expectations. But all that can change if you can get on an NCAA tournament run. I mean, if they make it to the – if one of them were to knock off Kansas, even if they – whoever wins this NCAA tournament game, I think it'll be good for their fans because, uh, you know, they feel like, it, like like it's been a tough year. And, and the winners, uh, you know, going to have an NCAA tournament win and get a shot at Kansas. So – I think it's two really, you know, powerful programs historically uh, that have uh, some good talent, good coaches. Had kind of a down year, and this is a this is a chance for them to sort of, you know, have some redemption. 
Yeah, I think it's a it's a tough year for Illinois fans. I would imagine, like I don't know any of them to be real mm-hmm. honest, but maybe this year was was pretty tough just given the way that the last two seasons ended. You know what I mean? Like two years ago, there was number one seed. I think they were a number one seed, and they had two national player of the year type guys, and I think it was Io Desunmu and Kofi Coburn, and they didn't make it out of the first weekend. And then last year they needed a pair of free throws, I think with like 12 seconds left to beat UT Chattanooga. And then they got blasted by Houston in the second round. So those are two top four seed teams that Brad Underwood's had that, you know, probably underperformed expectations. And then this year you're coming in as a, as a nine seed, which kind of tells you you've kind of, kind of had a, I don't want to say a middling year, but it's, it's been, I would probably say that they're not, not super happy with it. I do know that you can agree, you guys. I think they've probably underperformed to their expectations. And I think their point guard, Sky Clark, they had a five-star freshman point guard, left the team in the middle of the season, only ended up playing 13 games, I think. But he was a seven, uh, played about 25 minutes a game. Uh, and so I think that's a pretty big departure. And then I, obviously when the first name on the Illinois scouting report has got to be Terrence Shannon uh, Jr. And I, I looked up because I know he was at Texas Tech and I assumed right. he was at on tech during the game that they played in the NCAA tournament a couple of years ago. And he ended up putting 20 on them in that game that Arkansas won. Um, and so obviously he's going to be the the focal point. And I think if you can stop him, that they have a, a good shot. Yeah, I think, I think you're right too. I was, I was, I looked back at that box score. So that was the first thing I thought of when I saw Illinois and I was like Saturday for me was all about getting stuff pre-written and just kind of doing some, pre-search I guess you could call it we do those five things to know about Arkansas's first round opponent and he let off he let off that that analysis of that column that I wrote last night that you can read on our website he had 20 in that game he struggled inside the arc I think and that's I would imagine a lot of that is Eric Musselman's game planning you know what I mean just you know try to run him off the three-point line as best you could he still got he still got you know looks from the perimeter I think he was three or four from deep in that game and got to the the free throw line quite a bit I think maybe five times he's one of the best players in the country in drawing fouls I think he was maybe number one or number two in the big ten and fouls drawn for 40 minutes really good free throw shooters crafty left-handed so I think that's something that that Arkansas is gonna have to take into account so could see lefty Devo Davis on lefty Terrence Shannon that that would be um that would be pretty pretty fun to watch I think another note uh, Andrew, you brought up Sky Clark. I think he is in the transfer portal as of now. And I saw a tweet not too long ago that Arkansas has already reached out to him. So water is uh, still wet. Um, just kind of a rundown on on Illinois season. They're coming in to the tournament at 20 and 12 overall. They finished 11 and 9 in Big Ten play. The Big Ten, I just looked at the standings a few minutes ago. Purdue had five losses and won the league in the regular season. And then they got really pushed in the Big Ten tournament championship game by Penn State yesterday. Um, nine wins got them what I can't remember what seed they were, but that's a team that's a league that really beats up on each other. I mean, you think about the champ with five losses and, and conference plays pretty crazy. Um, looking at some of their wins and losses throughout the season, they've got some pretty impressive wins, but they were you know, I'll be early, pretty early in the season. They beat UCLA, who is a – Bob, are they a one or a two seed? I believe UCLA is a two seed. Okay, so they beat UCLA 79-70 at the Continental Tire main event in Las Vegas early in the season. Then they beat Texas uh, 85-78 in overtime at the Jimmy V Classic in New York City. 
Um, they also beat Syracuse by 29. I don't think anybody was probably mad about watching Jim Beheim lose by that many points. And then they lost to 22 or lost by 22 to Bob's alma mater, Missouri and St. Louis. And then they lost to Virginia by nine in Vegas. So this is a team that's, that played a pretty, pretty good non-conference schedule. How do, how do you think that, you know, maybe those games, although they were, you know, several months ago, do you think that prepares them pretty well for this? Yeah, I think uh, Illinois, you know, played, you say the big 10 beats up on each other, kind of like, kind of like the sec does although obviously alabama was was pretty dominant and and a&m i think only had three losses but yeah i think both these teams have played really really good schedules played some you know were tested in their conferences and then also played some good good non-conference teams but you know they can say turn play it's always a lot about matchups kind of how does arkansas match up with them physically and can they get the i think arkansas is going to want to play faster and you know, Andrew pointed out they don't have their point guard. You you wonder if uh, Eric Staff's maybe reaching out for the portal and maybe get a scout report in the Illini at, at the same time. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, I think these teams both have certainly played uh, tough, tough sky. I think I added up. I think of Arkansas's last 22 games, including the SEC tournament, 15 of them were against teams in the NCAA tournament in the last five. So it's almost like Arkansas has been playing the NCAA tournament for about three weeks, you know, or something like that. I mean, in terms of the caliber of teams they've been playing, obviously they're familiar with these SEC teams and scout them up and played in them for the third time and Auburn for the second time and Kentucky for the second time and all that. But um, you know, Illinois the same way. So um, they, they they may be glad to get out of their out of their leagues right now, even if they're playing another power, power five uh, opponent. Yeah, I was listening to Brad Underwood last night. I think him, Coleman Hawkins, and Terrence Shannon spoke to some of the Illinois media on Sunday night. And that's what Brad Underwood mentioned, that he's he's ready to play somebody that is not in the Big Ten. He said, like, it actually energizes him a little bit to be able to look at somebody outside of his league and not a team like Purdue that's got Zach Eady and then a bunch of other guys, you know, on the perimeter that can shoot it or a Penn State team. I think that but they may have set the the single season school record for threes made in a season. And, you know, it, you can go on and on down the list. The big tens are really, really good conference um, in conference play. It looks like Illinois best wins came against Michigan state and Michigan at home. I watched that Michigan game. I think it went into double overtime. It's an absolutely insane game. Uh, their final two games of, you know, before selection Sunday were a five point loss at Purdue, which I think that's, not into moral victories, I wouldn't imagine, but if you lose to, you know, a number one seed by a handful of points on their home floor, it's not not bad. Then they lost to Penn State in the uh, first round of the Big Ten tournament by three. Both of those are tournament teams. Um, what do y'all just what what do you make of Illinois? I'm not entirely sure because it seems like in the non-conference portion, maybe maybe they just were ahead of schedule compared to maybe some of the other top teams that they played at that point in the season and then things just changed do you you think I'm I'm off on that no i th- i think i like when arkansas went to maui and looked so good of course Tre- trevor Brazil was healthy then but the arkansas and maui to me looked like a top 10 team i mean they yeah. they ha- they hammered louisville which you know as we know Who now didn't? it's not not an incredible <laughs> accomplishment but hey the bottom line is they, they hammered them and they beat them by what was it 26 or something and then they uh played a really really good creighton team and that was that was one of the most entertaining games i watched all year honestly and then you know they beat a really good san diego state's had a great year 
I mean, I think is San Diego State a five seed, I think. And yeah. Arkansas beat them in overtime. That was a huge win for Arkansas. Really, that's a that's a win that helped them get get in the tournament. And then, like I say, getting in the SEC, it was just just more of a struggle. Part of it's because the SEC is really good. And then Arkansas, like Eric has pointed out many times, it's not a balanced schedule in Arkansas. And I think Auburn probably had the two roughest SEC schedules there is. And so maybe that explains, you know, why one's an eight seed and I guess Auburn's a nine seed. Auburn gets to basically play a home game, which is a little head scratch. They got sure. Alabama and Auburn in Birmingham. Yeah, no, you could you definitely get Alabama being there. Now, if Houston ends up having to play Auburn in a second round game in Birmingham, they're probably going to think, "Hey, uh, this ain't cool," <laughs> you know. Right. So we'll we'll, we'll we'll see how that happens. Um, it'd kind of be like if if Kansas had to play. Uh, of course, Kansas, you know, assuming they'll play, that uh, Des Moines will be essentially a home game for them. It's, I tell you what, I think that's going to be a tough ticket between, you know, Illinois not very far. Arkansas is pretty close, and obviously it's it's Kansas's backyard. But um, I guess I guess getting back to your original question, um, you know, I, I, I think the conference uh, seasons wore on these teams. Also, Arkansas and Illinois, they have some older players, but they have some younger players too, and I yeah. think that's – yeah, you know, talent is is talent, and that's great. But also, as good as Anthony Black is and Nick Smith and and you know Jordan Walsh and these guys, it's first time they they've gone through this grind before. So it, there's an adjustment period even for guys that are going to be lottery picks. Yeah, I think you kind of touched on the experience factor there. I think experience is just such a, a huge part in team success and in, in college basketball and especially in March Madness. And I think. When you look at Illinois, their top two guys in terms of minutes played and points per game are both seniors, uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. and Matthew Meyer, both transfers from Power 5 schools that have uh, NCAA tournament experience. Matthew Meyer was on that championship team at Baylor. And then you look at Arkansas's top guys in terms of minutes played is Anthony Black, a freshman, top scorer, Nick Smith Jr., a freshman. And so I think you just – I, I personally think that experience is is a huge factor in whether or not a team can it can be successful in March Madness. And uh, obviously, I think Illinois kind of has the edge on uh, on Arkansas there, but Arkansas does have the talent, like you said. I think life can be pretty funny sometimes, and not not to get weird, but that's just kind of how I wanted to segue into Matthew Meyer talking about him a little bit. I have ever since I learned about him playing at Baylor, I've long thought that this kid, like if something ever happened to my brother and they somebody asked me what he looks like, I would say that he looks like Matthew Meyer. And so that's kind of strange just to see him just kind of pop back up. Obviously remember him from the Elite Eight run. I think he was a he was kind of a key reserve piece on that team um kind of an, an energy guy like you you look at you look up and down all these rosters in the ncaa tournament field you've got energy guys that come off the bench he was that for baylor and it's kind of cool to see his game evolve i think as a you know one of the you know primary scoring options at, at illinois i think he's their top shot blocker um i think he's third or fourth in steals um and assists. So he's just, I think he's got a really, really versatile game. And it's funny too, because a couple of weeks ago, maybe not even that long ago, he went viral. I think in an interview when he said after a game that, you know, he had too many 
monster energy drinks and he had a, a I think he got caffeine poisoning. So he had to miss a couple, miss a couple days of practice. <clears throat> Next time he goes out on the floor, he scores 24 points and helps, you know, Illinois beat Michigan in double overtime. He just, he kind of seems like an interesting character. And I was doing some digging on him. Just, you know, I wrote about him. He was one of the, he was one of the five things to know uh, about Illinois that I wrote about. And Brad Underwood is a really, really big fan of him. He's an all, all, Big Ten caliber player. I think he was named to the second team, if I'm not mistaken. And I think he's averaging over 12 points, really good rebounder, like I mentioned, good shot blocker. Um, and Brad Underwood just went on and on about, you know, his his footwork. Like it's, I think he said it was, I'll have to find this exact quote. Hold on. He said his footwork defies logic a little bit and just that it's so unorthodox. And so I think he's going to be one of those guys that that is going to be put maybe in some isolation situations uh, with maybe a Jordan Walsh type or Makai Mitchell, somebody like that. Um, how do y'all see the the matchup with him going? Because he he seems like a guy that could give Arkansas some problems because he's he's a he's six nine, but he, he obviously very mobile. Yeah, I agree. It could be a matchup problem because uh, he's got the size, but he also looks to be comfortable on the perimeter. Um, I'm not saying he's, you know, Larry yeah, Bird. Yeah, he leads them in threes, man. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I remember remember that from before. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see the defensive assignment. And um, I do think Jordan Walsh, for a true freshman, is an excellent defensive player, just a good on-the-ball defender. So that would probably be the matchup. Maybe Makai, although if you put Makai on him, I just see Makai getting three fouls in ten minutes, having to go to the bench. And he's been playing well. And, of course, Jordan can get in foul trouble too. So I'm sure that's a big part of – of Illinois game plan is let's, let's get these guys in foul trouble, you know, and get to the free throw line. For sure. The basketball podcast of mid America is sponsored by Landers Toyota of Northwest Arkansas. Visit their showroom at 411 South Metro Parkway and Rogers or online at Landers Toyota NWA.com. For all your automotive needs, shop Landers Toyota NWA in Rogers, where we guarantee you the best buying experience and best service after the sale in Arkansas. Landers Toyota NWA in Rogers. Andrew, you got any thoughts on on Matthew Meyer? Have you watched him at all this year? Yeah, I also watched that uh, double overtime game. I think it, was, it must have been nationally televised because I don't particularly. Yeah, yeah I think put it on... was on on ESPN. Yeah, you're not yeah. watching Illinois basketball yeah, intentionally. Uh, <laughs> I don't specifically search that out, but I did watch right. that, and it was a, a hell of a game. And I, and Terrence Shannon Jr. caught my eye that game, and Matthew Meyer as well. And I mean, you could tell those two are kind of the heart and soul of that Illinois team. Uh, and and I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but if there's ever I know if you're going to put money on a game or or a prop bet or something to always take the under of Arkansas's opponent's star player. And so I think Arkansas is going to go all out and try and stop Terrence Shannon Jr. uh, or Matthew Meyer. And so I think Illinois is going to have to have a a role player or some some guy that steps up to be the hero. And I think that's always the case when it comes to these games. Like you think about Trey Wade playing out of his mind uh, in the Gonzaga game. And I think, you know, that's kind of what makes March Madness so fun is that, you know, you have these moments to remember by by guys that aren't necessarily uh, on the forefront of your mind at the moment, but then they make a name for themselves. For sure. I think Devo Davis definitely qualifies for that too, especially on that run that he went on during his his freshman year. I think a, another guy to watch for 
with Illinois is Coleman Hawkins. I mean, he's he's a guy I, I didn't really write about him at all, other than I think he's one of their I think he's their number two shot blocker, could be number three. So he's a he's a, a presence on the interior. I think he's he, and this is obviously I'm an Illinois outsider, but just looking at the at some of the numbers and stuff, pretty good score, good rebounder. I think he leads them in minutes played. So you know he might be the kind of the glue that that maybe holds that team together. Um, you know when Terrence Shannon or Matthew Meyer might be having a an off game um, for Arkansas. This is its third straight tournament appearance under Eric Musselman. I think it's his sixth and eighth seasons as a college head coach. And the 2020 tournament didn't happen. Don't know if Arkansas would have made that or not. There, we will never know. Um, Arkansas is 20 and 13 overall as they head to Iowa. They started the season 11 and one and then finished 9-12 and 12 after SEC play began in late December. I don't know what my expectations are as I'm going to, to Iowa tomorrow. Um, what what do you guys expect? Like, I, I think I've got it made up in my mind, and it's it's statistical-based research that I think Arkansas is probably going to win its, its first-round game. Um, what are you guys' impressions? What, what do you expect this week? Yeah, well, I think it'll be a really tight game because Arkansas has played a lot of tight games, and so has Illinois. And I mean, there's a reason it's an eight-nine matchup, you know, on papers, even as you can get. And um, you know, I think it's 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 it should be one of the more interesting matchups. I thought it was interesting with, with Jay Wright, the uh, longtime Villanova coach, won a couple of national titles, went to a Final Four last year, and then decided to retire. I think it's sixty-one. So I think that speaks to one, how much money these guys make these days. And then two, um, you know, he wasn't obviously as young as coach K or as old as coach K or Roy Williams or some of these other guys, but um, you know, transfer portal and NIL and stuff, I think, you know, for the, it's, it's making the job more demand. I mean, Arkansas is getting ready uh, for his biggest game of the year in the NCAA tournament. And you see on Twitter, you know, they've reached out to 10 guys in the transfer portal because that's just what they do. And of course they got a huge staff, but it's kind of like, you know, football coaches are getting ready doing bowl practices and they're hitting the portal and finishing up recruiting. And now you've got, and of course, Arkansas has dealt with this with these deep NCAA tournament runs. It's kind of a double-edged sword. You want to have a good NCAA tournament run. And if you're in the elite eight, it's like, Hey, yeah, we want, we want you to come to Arkansas. We just, we're in the elite eight. I mean, that's a pretty good selling point, right? along with all the other, you know, attributes that Eric brings to the table, the NBA experience and, you know, all these NCAA tournament. This is six straight, like you said, when they've had a tournament. So, um, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a crazy time because you're, you're getting ready for, for games, but you're also having to hit the portal. I, I can't really remember what your question was, was now, but that's just yeah, something that popped in my ex head. Expectations yeah. for the week, I guess. I mean, do you, do you, not to do, prediction time but like do you do you feel like arkansas's got what it takes to to you know win its first round game and then you know maybe take give its best shot to kansas yeah i i do i mean i think they should be i mean i think they've been operating under a lot of pressure because the expectations were so high all year and maybe that's had something to do with some of the, the blowing leads as they start pressing a little bit or maybe you know teams just figure some things out and the young guys you know struggle with with finishing games but you know, they obviously have the talent to compete with anybody. I guess I was going to say, Jay Wright spoke very highly of, you know, he liked Arkansas in this game and he liked it. He liked them. And not that he was picking them to beat Kansas, but he thought they could, they could, you know, be a challenge to Kansas. So that's pretty high praise from a, obviously a very uh, accomplished coach. I know the Arkansas fans in the restaurant were cheering when, 
when they saw that. And, um, yeah, I think Arkansas, you know, we talked to Anthony Black about that. And, you know, he's a confident kid. And, and you know, there there have been some pockets this year where Arkansas has played really, really well. But it's they've had trouble sustaining that. So, yes, well, can they play two games really, really well in four days and, and you know, well enough to beat Illinois and then have a shot to upset Kansas? And, you know, Kansas has been dealing – you know, they got hammered by Texas in the Big 12 championship game. Didn't have their coach, Bill Self. He had some kind of uh, heart procedure. And he's supposed to be back for the game. I think Bill's 60. Looks to be in pretty good shape, but it's a stressful job. And uh, maybe that's why Jay Wright retired, you know. But, um, you know, let's say Arkansas beats Illinois. And, and, you know, I don't think Kansas will have any trouble with Howard. But they obviously so Kansas showed some volley late in the year. So, who knows? But I think for Arkansas, it's like, hey, you know, let's just go out there and see what we can do. And I, I don't feel like they have a lot of pressure on them. Andrew, what do you think happens against Illinois? I think that depends on which version of which teams show up because I think you could just get so many different versions of the Illinois team just as much as you can get the, the sloppy Arkansas team that turns the ball over, doesn't rebound, or you could get this this physically intense Arkansas uh, team that runs the floor with the best uh, teams in the country. And so I, I just – I really do think it's, it's going to come down to maybe – I think experience is key. I think playing – with like keeping your emotions in check is going to be huge for, for the guys that haven't been there. Uh, and I think this, this eight, nine matchup is kind of everything it's expected to be like, it's eight, nine matchup, like we said, for a reason, which if you're playing in those eight, nine matchups, I can't imagine you'd particularly like, because you have to play such an evenly matched team. And then if you win, you have to face the number one seed the next round. So it's not really a, uh, an ideal draw, but I think it's going to come down to, to, who can can not be sped up by the moment and just kind of if Arkansas's freshmen can let their talent speak for itself rather than trying to press and do too much, uh, I think they'll ha- they'll be all right. Yeah, I think if Arkansas's freshmen played like they did Thursday against Auburn, I mean, I don't really have any doubt in my mind that Arkansas will advance. I'm just I'm looking for like where's Ricky council? Like Ricky is your leading scorer. And I know a lot of people are going to be, you know, probably talking and writing about him because he is Arkansas's leading scorer. He was a, you know, all sec pick on the second team by the coaches and by Bob Holt and, and some, and some other, other guys that, that vote on the AP, but he's, I think he's been, I don't know that he's been the most inconsistent guy. He's been pretty consistent. But there are also times when it's just like, man, if if Ricky could have, you know, given that team, you know, six more points, given them a couple more rebounds, you know, been a little bit more active on defense and, you know, Arkansas might be sitting with, you know, 22, 23 wins. Um, got a couple other things to to run by you guys. One of you mentioned close games and I went actually – I did this before we even got together to start recording this. I went through Arkansas schedule and Illinois schedule and looked at how both of those teams did in close games, which I classified as, as six points or less. So Arkansas for the season went four and eight in games decided by six points or less. They were two and two on neutral floors. So I don't like the, the stage obviously is a little bit, a little bit greater um, than than playing at Maui, which is still a, a pretty prestigious tournament to be in, um, and then the SEC tournament. So Arkansas's got some experience, I think, playing tight games on neutral floors. Um, but this will be the first time it will be like this 
um, you know, kind of the winner go home type thing. Like it's, it's just, it's completely different when you go to the tournament, like, you know, if you lose, you go home, but you still felt pretty good. Even if Arkansas lost to Auburn, they were still going to have at least one more game to play. Illinois finished the season two and five in games decided by six points or less. They were 0 and one on a neutral floor that was against Penn state last week. Um, I think that, and I think if you go seven points or less or, you know, nine points or less, Illinois, you know, they beat, like I mentioned earlier, they beat UCLA by nine on a neutral floor. And then they, and they beat Texas by seven in overtime on a neutral floor. So both of these teams, I think have some experience on neutral floors, Another thing that I think gives me some optimism um, that Arkansas will win on Thursday and move on to play Kansas is a few years ago, I think when COVID was still kind of rearing its ugly head in the SEC schedule, I think Arkansas had a game against Texas A&M canceled or postponed. And so Arkansas went like eight days without, I think, between games. So they beat maybe Florida. We're supposed to play Texas A&M. That game got whacked. And then their next game was Alabama at home. And so I just went back and I researched how Eric's teams at Nevada and Arkansas have done, you know, with four plus days between games. And I had not, you know, kept up with that list since I did the the story on that. I updated it this morning and found some pretty interesting stuff. So this year with seven or with um, this season with four more days between games, Arkansas is seven and one. Their lone loss is at LSU to open SEC play. In Eric's college head coaching career, so at Nevada and Arkansas, he is 51-10. and 10. Overall, that's an 83.6% 83, um, 83. win percentage, which is pretty damn good. In the postseason, he's 13-3. and three, And in the NCAA tournament, he's 5-2. and two. So – pretty good odds yeah yeah that's those are those are numbers that I think you have to really really like if you're an Arkansas fan and I went back and um, the current streaks that he has seven consecutive postseason wins so that means you know SEC tournament and NCAA tournament and another streak is Arkansas's won four consecutive NCAA tournament games or Eric has Eric's teams have won four consecutive NCAA tournament games with with four more days uh, to prepare, uh, Bob, does that does that that make you want to pencil in Arkansas in the second round? Well, I think it definitely works in their favor. I think it speaks to the extensive scouting that Eric and his staff do. You know, he's got a huge staff, and of course, a lot of those yeah. guys are working on the portal right now, and they're scouting Illinois. But I remember when Eric got hired in that first presser where he's wearing a coat and tie, which seems so weird now. Um, and uh, because he never, never, I think it was maybe the last time I've seen him at a tie. And uh, but he said they were going to have NBA style scouting reports. And I know they don't want to overload the players, but I think Arkansas probably does as good a job as prepping their guys, scouts, as any team in the country, I would have to imagine. And and, and I think that goes to Eric's, you know, uh, NBA background where you have to do quick turnarounds and scout up teams in a hurry. Of course, they've got you know, several days to work on, on Illinois. But yeah, I just, I just think it, you know, I don't, it doesn't always translate to victories, but I don't think Eric leaves any stone unturned when, when they're getting ready for an opponent, especially when he has, you know, that much time. Just a little bit of an example of like the depth of the scouting reports. I was watching hogs plus earlier today. They did a video uh, just kind of detailing what Arkansas did the day before it played Auburn and Arkansas did a look kind of a walkthrough on an outdoor court before they got inside uh, Tennessee State's arena. And 
Arkansas was literally they were working on defending baseline out of bounds plays, defending specifically only Alan Flanagan. And there was a line that was formed um, where, where they had Alan Flanagan. He was like stationed. I think Eric was actually playing Alan Flanagan in this, in this scenario. So Eric would stand on the right block and then he would run a motion like Flanagan would run on that particular baseline out of bounds play. And he had, like a line of guys, I think like six or eight different guys came through the line and, de and defended um, Alan Flanagan, quote unquote, um, going through that baseline out of bounds. So I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be very well prepared. I think, you know, our, the way Arkansas defends those, uh, those specials, you know, the baseline out of bounds, the sideline out of bounds, the after timeout plays, those are where you can steal buckets that, that make a really big difference in a game. I think Arkansas is going to be um, pretty well prepared for that as Eric, I think I asked him about Brad Underwood Sunday night, and he said that you know I think later that night they were going to get into um, you know just the, the the quick hitters, the out of bounds plays that, that Illinois likes to get into. Um, another thing, because somebody else, somebody I think it was Andrew mentioned experience. Ken Palm actually has a metric for that, and it's I think it's average Division One experience. Ken Palm has Illinois as the sixth least D one experience among teams in the tournament field. And Arkansas is 11. So you got two of the, I guess, top 11 least experienced Division One, you know, teams in the field going at it in the first round. And how they come up with that is like a freshman. A freshman is considered to have zero Division One experience because they haven't played a year yet. So sophomores have one, juniors have two, um, seniors, I guess. I, I, I'm, I'm not a math major. I just, I count on Kim Pond to get all that stuff done. But he's got... Arkansas actually has the more experienced team here. So um, it was really interesting to hear Eric. Eric's talked all season, you know, just about how young his team is and how inexperienced has kind of come, and, come to bit, bite them in the backside a lot. Brad Underwood mentioned that too when I listened to him Sunday night. So um, I think there's going to be – Arkansas is obviously going to be counting on a lot of young guys, but I think you need some experienced guys like the Mitchell twins, at least one of them, right? And Ricky Council's got got to step up, and I think Devo, Devo might be he might be my X factor going into this tournament. So um, just considering he's, you know, he's he's stepped up at some really big moments, and this is not this is his third trip to the tournament, so he he definitely knows what to expect. Um, you guys got any? Do we miss anything? Mm, no, nah, not not. Oh, did anything jump out to you guys about the bracket just in in general? I thought A and M got a tough, tough seed. I did, I did too, man. Seven's pretty tough. Yeah, that... Bob, were you surprised that A and M got got a a seven? And they, who did they draw as a as a ten seed? It was pretty. Uh, Penn State. Yeah, drawing Penn. Yeah, that's, first round. That's a hell. That's a hell of a first round game for a seven ten. Yeah, and then they <laughs> and they've got Texas if they win. Yeah, that's man. that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, and that that may help. I mean. The NCAA committee, they like, you know, they have maybe a, a head coach who worked for uh, this other coach faces, you know, mentor-pupil matchup. They like those regional matchups. And, yeah, you thought on paper the way – and I know they lost from to Wofford. Maybe that's maybe that that's a sin that can never be forgiven, <laughs> you know. But uh, certainly A&M, you know, went 15-3 in the league and then made it to the championship game and – so I guess that makes them what seventeen and four against SEC teams, you know, a league that that uh, you know sent uh, eight teams to the NCAA tournament. Although they they didn't play great non-conference schedule, and then they 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 uh, stubbed their toe, you know, losing the 
to Wofford and they lost to Boise State, which actually is an NSA tournament team. They lost to them in Fort Worth. But uh, I wonder if the committee, I, I thought AM would be like a five seed, six at the absolute lowest. Yeah. And, um, but if they're a six seed, they can't play Texas in the second round. So I wonder if they said, we want, and of course, they're going to be in, in the Texas, going to be in the SEC in a couple seasons. But, um, and I guess they played in baseball in the postseason, some different things. But I, I, I can't help but think that maybe the reason a and M's a, a seven seed is so they could match them up with Texas in the second round. I got to believe that factored into it anyway. For sure. I don't know if y'all have filled out brackets yet. I did one late last night, right before bed. So I don't know if I was thinking clearly, but I think I had Arizona, Purdue, Texas, and Gonzaga in my final four. And I think I've got Arizona winning it. Um, I was pretty impressed. I've been impressed with them all year since they, I think they won the one in Maui and then they beat UCLA over the weekend in the, in the Pac-12 tournament championship game. So um, we'll have to see. I probably will miss on all of those. That would just, that would be pretty typical. I think of, of this time of the year, it's so, so, so unpredictable. Um, but we appreciate you guys listening in today. Bob and I are headed to Iowa. Um, later in the week, we'll have full coverage of Arkansas's practice day, on Wednesday, we'll get some practice footage from that. We'll talk to Eric and some players, um, talk to Brad Underwood, probably some Illinois players too. So there's going to be plenty of content coming on Whole Hawk Sports throughout the week. And hopefully I can get Bob to, to sit down in a chair again with the with the playing court in the background and get him to tell us some stories. So um, until next time, I think we're planning on if Arkansas wins its first round game, we'll probably record a podcast again later in the week. Definitely if Arkansas um advances out of the weekend we'll definitely do that but for scotty borderline uh thanks to, to andrew joseph and bob holt for joining me today we'll holler at you again possibly later in the week the proceeding has been a production of wholehogsports.com look for our latest podcasts on apple spotify or your favorite podcast store and visit us anytime at wholehogsports.com for the latest news and commentary